This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome back to Talkville, folks. Uh, we're still doing it. We're still doing the show, and that's thanks to you. If you're loving these this rewatch podcast, it's because uh, you you're listening, and and the the patrons are um, helping us out. Patreon.com/slash/Talkville. If you want to join Patreon, a lot of perks, a lot of fun stuff. Um, so join Patreon and help us out and keep this podcast going because you matter, and I appreciate you, Tom. Appreciate you, Tommy. Good to see you. Well, I, I, that brings up a good question. I don't think we'd be doing it. We wouldn't be doing this without the patrons. I don't think so. No, no. We, we just wouldn't. No, it just it just wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be. Uh, we wouldn't do it. Conducive so thank to, you. Uh, That's my way of saying thank you. A business, a good business model, I guess. And guess who's here today, folks? Guess who's filling in for Ryan? Ryan is going on a camping trip or something with his dad. And uh, I, I, I envy that. Why do you down? Why do you downplay that? That's beautiful. Something with his dad. Well, I'm not downplaying you don't want to go on because you don't want to go on a camping trip with your dad. Well, I envy him that he has such a good relationship. And All right, I, there I, you go. I think it's really cool. I love my dad, but I don't think I don't see us doing a camping trip together. I just I don't I don't <laughs> see that. Um, but uh, uh, you know, I don't think he'd want to spend that much time with me. And I'm not sure I. You know, well, I don't know. Let's just move on. Bryce is here filling in for Ryan. Bryce is the uh, mastermind behind this whole show. Without him and the Patreons, forget it. He gives us things to do so we know what to talk about and makes this thing interesting. So, Bryce, thanks for being here, dude. Yeah. You're well, my Bryce, folks. How do, well, let how Bryce does it talk. Think- he already cut Bryce off. He didn't say a fucking word. Hey, um, put your microphone close to your... There. That's better. Is that better? That's better. Can you hear me good? Yeah. All right, cool. Hey, right. folks, what's up? Are you nervous to be in front of camera? No. You don't care. No, I don't care. Bryce has a little boy, Beckham. Any just advice, Tom? One. Any advice to, to to Bryce who has a, a child who's what one one and just turned one just turned in like one. a week? Or yeah, something. that's right. Because I sent I sent him something. Mm-hmm. He loved it. He loved it. I love mm-hmm. the pictures. It was mm-hmm. rad. I'm allowed to talk now. Yes. <laughs> okay. No one else is about to talk, so I can. How dare you? Um, you know, someone. I was just at a con, and a and a, and a father told me this. He's like, "Do you have any advice?" And the guy. The poor guy looks so tired. <laughs> I could just tell he was like the most tired he's ever been. And there's there is something that someone told me with children, um, especially boys, that at around three, you're gonna get more attention from your kid. Like if you're a good I think you're a good person from what I know about you. And pretty good. I was jealous of my wife's <clears throat> the attention she was getting from my children, or at least my first. I was jealous. And it it took me a while to understand. And then now they're coming. Hey, dad, let's go do stuff, you know? Yeah. And that's natural and it's great. You just have to be patient a little bit because you feel like you're like, you're being told you're not doing enough, but you're doing a shitload. Yeah. And not being appreciated. No, I'm totally, but then I, it, it'll I'm come back. It's just you. like, I'm on the bench. I'm ready to come in for the fourth quarter when it gets yeah. fun. I know that my kid's a mama's boy, titty baby <laughs> for a couple of years. But when titty he titty wa- baby? Titty baby. Okay. Literally and figuratively. But Leap. when he wants to do like sports and fun stuff, I know that I'm going to be the fun dad that does that. So it'll yeah. come. 
Yeah, I, 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 to me, to me um, I'm cool with that. It's less work for me. So if it's less work for you, that's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you learned from your father, Michael. Yes, less work. <laughs> Uh, all right, so this is a not a family <laughs> uh, family podcast. I guess it is a family podcast, but uh, it's the Rewatch Podcast, and um, we love to discuss the show with you. We love the questions that come in. We love the boards and people responding. And uh, people loved last episode that aired. What was the, it? Uh, Phoenix with Emmanuel Vogier. Yeah, they enjoyed uh, Tom and Ryan reading parts of the synopsis. All right, great. Maybe a lot, have... a lot of comments about. Is that, that true? Yeah. So they don't like my, my reading? No, not that they. I'm did. just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> That's what you heard from. I me. am the glue. I <laughs> know, uh, but we'll do that again because I like that too. Because I like to listen. <laughs> I prefer when you do it. No, no, I, I I don't always like to read, but I just you know I felt like I'm probably a better reader than you guys. But listen, that's not I the agree. point. I like you guys doing that. But look, also our our socials. Uh, if you're just listening for the first time at Talkville Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, at Talkville Pod on Twitter, the, the, the hotline number is 213 Jet Cute. I saw someone wearing a shirt at uh, a con that said that I love the Talkville shirts and the sweatshirts. And, you know, we have pictures signed by me and Tom that are on the talkvillepodcast.com. We're getting some cool artwork by May Charters eventually, uh, doing another uh, original piece of art. And those sold really well. They were really cool pieces. And uh, uh, Tom and I will be in Rhode Island, D.C., and Salt Lake City in September. Uh, Tom will be in Pittsburgh coming up. I will. I can, Real quick, I know we're trying to get to this, and this is fun, but don't get me wrong. We haven't really got it started. But there's a huge episode coming up that I want to inspire people to ask to, to watch and ask questions about. And it has to do with the street jacket and Lex Luthor. And I, I think this should be an epic event for this podcast is to single out that episode, Bryce. We can talk about this later. But I think that this is a pinnacle part to put Michael on the spot <laughs> to discuss that episode. You know, yeah, we'll get into that. You know, I, I, the yeah. only thing I, I will tell you, which I'm sure I'll repeat it, is I remember the Warner Brothers was trying to get me nominated for an Emmy or something or Golden Globe or whatever. And they wouldn't have anything to do with it because it was Warner, it was WB. Really? That's yeah. why. CW. They, they just wouldn't give yeah. us a chance. And I was like, oh, all right. It's kind of bummed. I was like, well, why, why does so that they matter? They wouldn't even like look at the performance. performance. That's unbelievable in Boy Meets World. Why wouldn't it be included? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't know. But I was like, you know, not that awards mean that much, but I, it was cool that they were trying, but I was, I was a little bummed that no one cared. And I was like, damn, but all at right, the end of the day, own- you have to care. As long as you know, you did a good job and you were happy with your work. That's all that matters. By the way, awards mean a lot. If you get a, if you get nominated, your quote doubles. If you win, your quote quadruples. Yeah, but also work. it means most, a lot. Most of the time, if you win an Oscar, your career goes downhill. That's kind of, uh, but that's Oscars. I don't know. All right, let's get into this. Without further ado, let's get into season three, episode six. This is called Relic. I'm not sure why. Titles Relic aired November fifth, two thousand three. Director Marita Grabiak. I remember her. You don't know why. <laughs> uh, Marita Grabiak. She did Skinwalker. Uh, written by the lovely Kelly Sauters and Brian Peterson. Guest star Camille Mitchell is Nancy Adams. William B. Davis is William Tate. Tom Heaton is Dex McCallum. Tim Henry is Officer Mason. Cool character. I thought he... The thing is about him, I thought, oh, this guy's probably dead by now because he looked old. He was a detective. And then I looked him up. Is he not? He's only 79, which means he was only eight years older than me when this this started. He looked like he was in his 70s. But those old (laughs) school actors, like George C. Scott was like my age when he did like the changeling and he looked like ancient. 
Mm-hmm. They just, it was a different time period. Hard, they, hard People life. just were weathered, you know. So uh, I just want to say that going into this, now that we're on, I'm highly anticipating everything you don't like about this episode. Oh, good. Number two, Relic, it's because of the Relic that Jarrell left for Clark. Let me just fill you in there. Oh. Uh, and number three, this episode reveals one of the most astonishing revelations, I think, in the history of the series. Wow. And we'll get teaser. to it. We'll get the to end. that because I don't know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, co-starring John Mann as Lachlan Luther and Kendall Cross as Jessica Kent. Michael Carl Richards as young man Tate. Little man Tate. <laughs> Remember that movie? Peter Benson as young Dex. Dean Ray as Hiram, Hiram Kent. This week, we revisit the 1960s as Clark and Lana fight to save a wrongfully convicted man. They flash back and discover secrets from the past from the Kent family, the Langs, the Luthers, and even Mayor Tate. Now, before we start, I didn't hate this episode. I really didn't hate it. And the more I watched it, I was kind of like, I, here's what I thought. I thought there was too many making out scenes with you and Lana. It was just too much. As much as I would have enjoyed it. I felt like it was just a lot. It was like, oh my gosh, it's long. There are long. There was like three or so, right? It was like three flashbacks. Three makeouts. flashbacks of just making out one scene. It just kept going. It's like, here, we're here. We're lying down on a blanket in the barn that happens to be there. Everything was perfect. <laughs> then flip over. Yeah, yeah. flip over. Man. The episode opens well, up they on did. the old Smallville infirmary. Lana is meeting with the man convicted of murdering her great aunt Louise Lang because he wants to clear his name. As Dex McCallum holds back tears, we see a flashback of him finding his wife shot several times and being busted by the sheriff. So real quick, part of one of my takeaways is Lana meeting with this guy under these circumstances is a clear indication that she is totally capable of accepting Clark's secret. She's meeting with the, the guy who murdered her aunt. She's willing to be that open to accept that situation. And you're going to get that a lot in this episode. And actually the next episode is like this whole season is like that. There was a couple episodes, uh, extinction, the guy with the Jesse, where it looks like Clark is super and she's totally cool with it. And then kicks his ass and then goes on. It's like, Oh, he's got a bulletproof vest, but she was cool with it for a moment. Yeah. Right. I don't know if she was cool with it. She was more astonished. Like, Oh my Lord. Yeah, but she wasn't like, oh, kill him, he's a freak. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, there is. It's sort of uh, uh, this ongoing back and forth of like, should Clark just tell her? Should he not? What are the right. um, repercussions of him telling her? What are the, you know, is it worth it? But as someone who loves someone so much, you think, like back in the 60s when Jarrell or Joe uh that we'll get back to that we'll get we'll get into that that's the next episode. yeah no that's this episode yeah this one yeah anyway uh instead of being freaked out by a man who killed her aunt lana hears him out is determined to find the man who really killed her based on a police sketch this man looks like well tom welling clark what? kent lana takes a sketch to share dex's theories with clark clark is dismissive that his biological grandfather or father may have any had anything to do with it and as lana says it's not like he just fell out of the sky Clark notices a Kryptonian necklace on the old picture of Louise. That's the relic. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. He, just to let you know. I don't know how I forgot that. I just saw that yesterday. I a, I'm here to I help. remember. I remember the symbol. Later that day, Clark takes Jonathan to the caves to search for clues of Jarrell's involvement in the murder. They find a carving of the same symbol on the walls, touch it to open a secret passageway, and then stick their hands in the hole, unlocking a wave of flashbacks in the Kryptonian medallion. What, what I really like about this scene is it sets up 
Jonathan's trajectory of where does he where does he belong in Clark's journey? It really does. Like if you really watch Jonathan and what and and what John Schneider did, he's going, how do I fit into this? How do I fit into this? And obviously, if you've already seen the episode, we'll find out later what it is. But John, the way he acted and played it, he just it, it, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah, that is kind of cool. I didn't put that together that this episode kind of solidifies his place in Clark's life, like at the end. Yeah. Because as I, I mean, listen, I'm not a I, I've never adopted a child and whatnot, but there's the the show has addressed this thing before for Jonathan. Am I your dad? Am I your caretaker? Who's your father? Is Jarrell? All these questions have always been there. But if you see Jonathan in the cave, you can see him sort of being like, okay, all right, what do we do now? Who, you know, place putting the pieces together, kind of. So anyway, I think it, I, I just thought sh- my takeaway is Schneider did a great job. You know what? It's also nice that a father, which um, I didn't experience this, would confide, you know, his son confides in him. And as incredulous as it may sound, um, Jonathan entertains the idea and he's there for his son and goes hey let's let's do okay i'm with you i'm Even with you he has, yeah. he's skeptical yeah it's like the type of dad that would go camping with his son how dare by you? the by the way not only is he skeptical he's got to be terrified oh yeah raising a kid is difficult raising a kid that's from another planet with this guy who keeps sending signals and yeah. things that are crazy it's terrifying i didn't realize how what an f f and lunatic he was later clark and pete are walking downtown and all of a sudden Clark's flashes back to the 60s when we see Jarrell roaming the streets of pre-meteor shower Smallville. Moments later, we see Jarrell, or Joe, saving Louise from a robber and the two share an awkward amount of eye contact with one another. They're both instantly intrigued. Clark goes to Chloe to help dig up old police records and gets defensive when she wonders how he's able to gather such descriptive uh, recollection of the crime. We find out that the robber, was Lachlan Luther, Lex's grandfather. Chloe that was to, huge, by the way. Yeah. It, it was kind of a nice little additive. Chloe wants to say, stay away from the Luthers, but Clark convinces her to stay on the case. And Chloe talks to Lex about his criminal granddad, but Lex either plays dumb or has no idea what she's talking about. Side note, I feel like this is the first time we've had a scene shot on the second floor of this office, the library. I believe that's true. We've seen people up there. Yeah. Oh. From what I remember, it's the first time there's like a camera looking down. Yeah. So there, so there's there's two things I want to say. One is, and it may have been apparent before this, but in this episode, I somehow finally noticed Chloe's confidence more than ever. Yeah, she's not a one. It used little... to it used to be that Chloe would hear people and try to like play up to what they want her to say. This is the first episode where I noticed that Chloe kind of goes, "Oh, you said that. That's cool, but I'm going to say this now." Like she right. really steps up in her confidence. And I, I think, think that's, that's cool. the writing too. I think that they're starting to write for her instead of her being like caught in this love triangle, which everyone and their mother is tired of. Right. And the other thing is shooting up in the top of the Luther mansion like that. That is a very small space. And shooting up there was probably not convenient at all. Yeah. But it, 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 it forces you to focus on the matter at hand, which is these two people who... Uh, you know, she's with a very powerful guy and it, it forces you to make the, it it's so intimate that mm-hmm. it's really close ups, close ups. And just it's about them. Pressure. It's not about all these cool shots and all this stuff. So it was a cool it was a cool idea. <laughs> Talkville is brought to you by Good Chop. If you haven't heard us talk about this, uh, this 
this is unbelievable. This is an unbelievable company. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on schedule. I cooked some of these steaks, and it was the best meat I've had, and I'm not... I want, I'm going to name drop, but I went, I won't name drop. I went to my friend Skeet's house and we barbecued and I put these on the grill and I don't know what it was, but good shop completely sold me. Uh, you can choose from over 70 high quality cuts, 100% grass fed ribeyes, USDA prime filet mignon, free range and organic chicken breast, pork tenderloin, thick cut bacon. Uh, they also have wild-caught seafood, salmon, Pacific cod, scallop, shrimp, and more. Tom, have you had this? No, this is good stuff, guys. Um, I've had it all, and I want more. I mean, that's, that's the easiest way to be say Yeah, it's... Uh, I really am. When I get these boxes, I get so excited because I know I'm going to be fed for the week. And what's great is it doesn't cost a fortune for this great. You could have quality meats. Uh, Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74. And unlike a lot of companies, Tom, Good Chop sources its meat and seafood exclusively from American farms and fisheries so you can support local family farms and independent ranchers right here in the U.S. The products are vacuum sealed and frozen at peak freshness so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want, just like I do. Good Shop especially prides itself on sourcing meat that comes with no antibiotics or added hormones ever. No artificial ingredients, only the good stuff. And, you know, they're so they're so confident in this product, as am I and Tom here, uh, that they offer 100% money-back guarantee here. So love Good Shop or get your money back. This stuff's the real deal. If you want delicious meats or seafood, this is the place. Good Shop. Go to goodchop.com slash talkville120 and use code talkville120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code at talkville120 at goodchop.com slash talkville120 for $120 off. goodchop.com slash talkville120 code talkville120. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, a lot of us wish we had more time, but time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing in your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you could do more of it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy can help everyone be the best they can be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Listen, learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Dot com slash Talkville. That night, Lana shares some of Louise's old items to help them solve the case. They find a love letter signed off by Jay and a necklace that sends Clark into another flashback. We see Louise and Joe in the barn stuffing tongues. Their horseplay in the barn gets interrupted when Clark snaps out of it and realizes that the drifter and Louise were in love. Love. And, and she was married. Yeah, well, things happen sometimes. 
It's the sixties. Come on. In the sixties, that's why you didn't do it. <laughs> that was really forbidden then. The next day in Metropolis, Lex questions Lionel on why he was hiding Lachlan's past. Lionel tells him that he rewrote the Luther history because he didn't want to pay for the sins of his father. I like how Lex then says, I can I can understand that. Like yeah. referring to like, yeah, I'm I'm dealing with the sins of my father. Lionel opens up about the pain of losing his parents and how he copes with it by burying himself in his work. Over in Smallville, Clark and Lionel go to the barn where Louise was shot. Clark sees an old car and touches it to flash back to the past. Here was my issue. This is 60 years ago. How How is there anything there? <laughs> how is there anything there? I mean, I guess you got to suspend disbelief. I, guess. I mean, that's maybe in this small town in Kansas that in Smallville, Orders. things don't change. You know, the I think that someone same. someone was murdered in that barn, so it's hard for resell that. You know, he's just so just leave everything. Forget about it. Forget I, about it. I had a question. Um, that Lionel scene where he's talking about his parents had died. So I'm a few episodes ahead, and like that whole storyline still carries over into it. At that point, does Glover have? He doesn't know what's going to happen with his character, no, right? So how no, is he like no. playing it? He plays it in Ambiguous. a way where. Yeah, but he plays in a way where now knowing what I know, I can see him like, oh, is he faking it? Like he plays it really good. Yeah. Like, I is think, he faking emotion? I think that the key was, in, in especially with me and John, it was just keep everything ambiguous. If you think Lionel hates Lex, mm -hmm. play against that. I love my son. If you think Lex is you know uh you know he's he's letting his father win or getting him getting one up on him lex is playing it where like okay you never know like he doesn't buy it. they they're both playing a chess game mm -hmm. a very methodical chess game so yeah and a lot of, a lot of especially in that relationship is what is what not what is not being said but on a practical level we got scripts maybe 4 days before we started shooting them no one knew what was going on and no. they don't even give you like no. a heads up of the story no. line that's gonna unless you like, ask like where is this headed yeah but i never ever asked if you <laughs> ask alan miles who was the actor who never really bothered them with shit it was me i rarely uh, called them i think i i think i'd beat you on that except for one time when i was asking for air conditioning that's the only time i ever reached out to them all right yeah but i, I probably called them maybe once or twice a season to say, hey, I this, by, by the way, real quick question is, is like, Lex seems so evil in this. Like, ah, we know you'll play it the opposite. Okay. <laughs> you know, we see Joe and Louise continuing to stuff tongues. Joe tells her that he needs to leave, um, uh, needs to leave. Louise wants to leave with him, but he tells her he needs to return alone because it's his destiny. I'm your density. I mean, <laughs> destiny. Back to the future. As they embrace, Lachlan walks in with a pistol in his hand. Joe pushes aside Louise and then bounces bullets off his metal chest. However, the bullets ricochet and ended up hitting Louise and killing her. My only problem with this is they shot her in the shoulder. Shoot her in the heart or near the heart. You're not going to die if it's on your left side, on your right side. Yeah. That just bothered me, like logically. It's the uh, 60s. Yeah, it's the 60s. It's the 60s, Tom. Lex returns to Smallville, learns what? of the new dis development that stands in the site of the tenement that his grandparents died in. He learns that it may not have been an accidental fire and was caused by some sort of explosion. And that was pretty cool because you know Lionel's keeping something. You know the bullshit factor is high and Lex can smell it a million miles away. <sighs> I smell well, the, you. You the fact that he, skin cream, but not The fact today. that he built... An entire skyscraper on the site, I thought was that was just awesome. Yeah. 
Over at Smallville High, Clark shares his suspicions of Lachlan being the murderer. Chloe and Lon are confused on how he keeps getting hunches, so he reveals that he's been having memories of 1961. What's more, we find out that Deputy Billy Tate, who is now Mayor Smallville, was the one who let Lachlan out of jail. Clark and Lana go to meet Mayor Tate to explain how Dex is innocent. By the way, that guy was, I think, was in the X-Files. Yeah. Oh, he was the cigarette smoking man. Everybody yeah. knows. I knew who he was when he got there. I was so intimidated by him. Yeah, he was and good. He was like, I, had, I had a scene with him. Yeah. Like, he had a scene back when, remember, when he goes, don't laugh at me. Yeah. That was improvised, and I, it shocked me. I was like, whoa. It's like season one, I think. Yeah, he was good. Uh, as the mayor dismisses their attempts, Clark walks around the room and finds a signature from Tate where the T looks very eerily similar to the J that was signed on the love letter to Louise. I didn't really notice that. Oh, I like that. Oh, you did? Yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool. I Earlier in the scene, Tate makes a creepy remark of how Lana looks just like Louise, who he had, lots, who he had the hots for. Clark has another flashback, and we see Deputy Tate confronting Joe and Louise getting busy in a car. Tate's visibly upset and threatens Joe to beat it. After the deputy leaves, Louise opens up on her bland marriage and how her father prevented her from chasing her dreams. Joe responds by sharing his issues with his father. Then Joe picks up Louise and begins to fly. I thought that was a really nice moment. Uh, again, that was the moment that, you know, it's like, oh, well, Louise is okay with this. Why wouldn't Lana be okay with it? Tom, was this just a crane shot? Any issues doing something uh, like this at night, you know, with the, the wires or whatever? Um, you know, I don't remember it, but I'm pretty sure we didn't do it on site. We probably did it on a green screen later with wires. Sometimes we use, actually, we may have used this a platform for this. Yeah. I don't recall, but I'm pretty sure we I'm pretty sure we didn't do it on site. I think it was a green screen situation. I'm going to have to ask you to. For your You'd think I'd remember. Isn't that crazy? They asked the sheriff to open up a new case to take down a longtime mayor for a murder 40 years ago. Surprisingly, the sheriff is not on board. I love that because she's like, now I got things to do in this century. <laughs> Back on the farm, Jonathan's talking with Martha about how vulnerable he feels with all the discussion around Jarrell because it reminds him he's not Clark's real father. Then Clark shows up and notices his grandfather's old gun hung up on the kitchen. Eh, a little too much there. He goes to grab it. Flashback. We see Grandpa Hiram Kent confronting Joe, who's on the run for the suspected this murder was, of Louise. This was awesome. The fact that we get to meet Jonathan's dad, this was awesome. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. And he kind of looked like a young Jonathan in a way. I could see that. And little baby Kent. Uh, well, I remember the I remember the, the guy, the Jane. actor who played uh, Hiram. At one point, he, we, he had done a couple takes, and he's like, am I doing okay? And I was like, you're asking me? I think you're doing great. Like, he was, he was just a, he was great. You know what we should do? We should have a shirt that says Jonathan is Gene. That's a deep cut. That's a deep cut right there for real <laughs> Jonathan? listeners. Jonathan is Gene. Joe pleads his case and Hiram gives him the old Kent handshake. Clark and his parents continue searching for old items to touch and end up going through Hiram's old chest that Jonathan has stored away. I haven't seen this chest in 50 years. Clark goes on to learn that Hiram helped Jorel escape. Jonathan doesn't believe him, but Clark proves it by sharing Jonathan was almost named after Gene Autry. It's kind of crazy he stowed him away and helped him escape. Like, oh, you're a random drifter wanted for murder? Come inside with my pregnant wife and well, I'll help you. Uh, <laughs> like, well, Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. But also, you know, the, the parallel is cool that back in the day, his father tried to help Jarrell and now oh. he's helping yeah, Kal-El. Cool. 
That's kind of like a cool thing. Like it, maybe it's destiny. Mm -hmm. It is destiny. All these things happen for a reason. The caves all make sense now. Well, all these this things is the, make sense. This is the huge reveal that is huge for this series is that Jonathan was chosen for like, it wasn't just an accident that they found him and that's huge for Jonathan. And I think it's a beautiful thing for the series. Yeah. And, and these characters. I'm liking this show, this episode more now that I understand it. I'm that surprised. Night at the mayor's house, Clark decides to cosplay as his dad and scare the mayor into admitting he was behind Lachlan's murder of Louise. During this, Tate shoots at Clark who goes Keanu and dodges the bullets. The mayor goes to pull a Bud <laughs> Dwyer off. Oh, that's a good get right there. You guys remember Bud Dwyer? Well, you do, Bryce. He was the Pennsylvania mayor or something that killed himself on national yeah, television. Wild. I don't recommend that to anyone, by the way. Yeah, don't. <laughs> don't watch it. Do not watch it. Raj, you'll go watch and don't, it. Don't watch it and don't do it. The mayor goes to pull a Bud Dwyer, but Clark takes the piss before he can. Then Sheriff Adams comes in and forces Clark to flee. Tate then decides to confess to the sheriff. It was a little odd, but I kind of bought it. Like he was like, I can't. Yeah, it was a little yeah. much. It was a little forced. Like he would confess. He would confess to that, you know. Uh, we then see Dex being released from the infirmary after 40 years for a crime he didn't commit. Lana, this is great. I should have known that she didn't love me. I should have went our separate <laughs> yeah, ways. I'm totally cool with much. it. I'm totally <laughs> cool with it. He should have been like crying and going, I knew there was something wrong, but. I just wish I would have figured it out. I wish I would have made her love me. I wish I could have made her love me. But no, he was I'd like, yeah, pissed. I'm cool with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm 95 and about dead and been in jail my whole life. What's the internet? Dex tells there's Lana a, that he wishes. A really, there's a really great song out there. And the lyrics are, I can't make you love me. I can't make you love me. I can't make you love me. Yep. If Dex you don't. tells Lana that he wishes he knew when to let go and that holding on to love can be dangerous. All right. Telling Lana that who Lana needs to know. That night in Luther Mansion, Lex shares the detailed uh, details of the explosion in the in tenement with Lionel, exposing that his grandfather was murdered. Lex is curious why Lionel didn't use this opportunity to seek revenge. I like that he kept questioning him. Like, well, why didn't you do that? Well, what? It's not like you to just let it go. Oh, oh this none, 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 the audience doesn't believe it. Lex doesn't believe it. Lionel, you're a liar. Remember an older episode when the mayor confronts Lex for not working with him like Lionel does? That scene coupled with this info makes it seem like Lionel was blackmailing the mayor using his parents' death for political favor. Yeah. I don't remember writing that, but yeah. sure. Very deep. Lana no, there's the definitely barn. connection. Be there's something that's not spoken here about the mayor and Lionel are definitely in cahoots. And Lionel was definitely aware of Smallville before he ever came here. You know what I mean? Like there's it it, it brings up the bigger picture, which I like. Yeah. Um, Lana heads to the barn to talk with Clark, reflecting on Louise pursuing love, but it leads to her downfall. The episode ends with Jonathan and Clark in the caves as Clark has another flashback of Jarrell with Hiram, who looks like Indiana Jones for some reason. Hiram leaves and tells Jarrell if there's anything he ever needs to holler, to holler back, holler back. <laughs> If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each 
each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Al's here. I just, we're talking about Relic and it's funny because when I watched, I was like, I don't know if I like this. And now as we discuss it, I'm liking it more and more because it just, it, it tell, it's the whole parallel of like, it was all about, it's destiny. It's like Jonathan. Well, here's why we did it. If I can interrupt you, please. So, because the, we we were like the idea that, that Kal-El accidentally crashed in this cornfield and that, you know, Jarrell for all of his brilliance of saving his son and getting him off Krypton and then then to just let him be kind of randomly picked up on Earth somewhere. So we we like the idea that, you know, the Kryptonians were ancient astronauts and had been to Earth before and that Jarrell specifically sent him to Smallville. That was part of the plan. So it wasn't random. To the there, was, there was destiny involved, which is not something, to be honest, which had really been explored in the Superman mythology before. It always had been just a very random thing. So that that was uh, that that was kind of why we did the episode, you know, why we did that episode, and then just then, of course, playing the idea of you know destiny and fate, you know, it, it, that that the the tr- what we, I think we called him Joe, Joe, um, that that he had uh, sort of a, a a kind of torrid affair with uh, you know Lana's ancestor, um, so that the idea that there was sort of a destiny to to Clark and Lana. Um, we, we, we just we like that idea playing with the themes of kind of fate and destiny but also expanding uh on the idea that the kryptonians have visited earth before yeah let me ask you this let me ask you this this just yeah. came to mind you know krypton explodes and clark is sent here was it sort of a precursor or foreshadowing into let's say they were scouting out this planet because the, in case something ever happened with krypton they thought their son could actually come here is that what uh, yeah, that's. I think that was definitely part of Jarrell's plan. You know what I mean? I think. I think Jarrell. Hmm. You know, he was a scientist. I think there was a there was a fascination with other life in the universe. You know, he looked at Earth, which I think for for Kryptonians in many ways was still sort of primitive in terms of where they were, how they were evolved as as um as a you know humans as a species. But I think he saw you know there was good there, and that you know, things on Krypton could go badly. You know, he it's almost like he was ahead of a, their version of a climate crisis by probably a couple decades. And then, so he had, he at least had a doomsday plan to not only save his own son, but also in a way save, you know, keep the Kryptonian race going. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, we were, Bryce had a question. Bryce is filling in for Ryan. He's here. Say hello to Bryce. Hey, Bryce, how are you? Hey. Doesn't Bryce do a great job with editing? When it, with, well, Jason edits, but Bryce edits a lot of stuff too on the side. <laughs> Jason, but, you're great too. Well, Jason is fantastic, but Bryce does uh, all the Instagram stuff. The he puts the whole thing together and and the really editing good, yeah. between him and and Jason, it's just like a great team. Um, his question was like, you know, J- Lionel L- Luther plays it so ambiguous and and so good in terms of. Um, when we're talking about the old tenement fire and it was actually an explosion and you're like, you, you know, you're like watching him kind of, and, and his question was, 
did you guys know what was going to happen before? And my answer was always like, no, we never really knew. So, you know, they kind of gave us an idea like to, or I guess to the directors, tell me if I'm wrong to sort of like, Hey, play this against the grain or, you know, and I, I told Tom, I go, I guarantee it of all the actors. I harassed Alan miles, the least I never, call, I rarely call. I did, I, no. And I think I, and I think I did. And Tom says he, he had me beat, but I think you probably complained more, Tom. No, you, but frankly, neither of you, you guys did. And when we talked, it was usually, we remember, usually between seasons, you know, before the season started again, if you guys were in LA, you'd come in the office, we, we'd have kind of a general talk about the season. But to, but to answer your question specifically about Lionel, what we actually ended up doing was giving Lionel the Lex Luthor backstory from the comics, which is that he was brought up poor and Morgan Edge was his friend, which was actually a Lex Luthor, huh. I believe, was in the in the comics. Because Lex in the comics, at least in one of the one version, wow. the version we knew, he had been brought up poor and was self made, and that's kind of what Lionel huh. was. So, so we kind of just transposed that backstory to Lionel, and that's how that was his connection to Morgan Edge. Another so smart. Yeah, another thing we were were talking about, and that's really cool, by the way. But was that Allison? At least for this episode, Chloe. She seemed a little stronger, a little, again, a little more ambiguous, a little bit more. She showed a Confident. little more strength now. And I, I, I'm hoping at this point, we're at this point in the series, we're veering away from the love story, the love triangle as much. And it just felt, she felt stronger. She felt like, okay, she's got, you know, she's uh, self-esteem. She's maturing, maybe self-esteem. I don't know. No, I think, I think absolutely she is. And I think it's, look, it's, you're in season three. I think. You know, as you're seeing, probably you guys are what six episodes into this so far, something like that, the, five or six. Watch. Yeah, you can see it's kind of a, it's a. This is six. I think in a good way, it's kind of a darker season, and it's a yes. season where where people are kind of you know kicking the boundaries of of what their character's behavior normally was. Obviously, Clark to an extreme way in the first two episodes with Red K, but also and and but I think even his relationship with Lana, when, where he's the one who kind of put the brakes on it. And now I think you see Chloe, who who clearly had been under Lionel's thumb, is now kind of pushing back. So I think I think a lot of the season is people discovering their own power. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I think Lex will do that. Oh boy. Yeah. But in a in but it'll take him to you know dark places. Uh, a very dark dark place. You know, as we as we get to sort of see you know, some of the, some of the ramifications of not only what happened on that Island, but obviously the years of, of kind of, you know, dysfunction mental and, mentally and dysfunction. Yeah. By, by Lionel. And, yeah. and then, you know, we'll <clears throat> learn. And, and also this was a season of people really kind of delving more into, you know, their family past, you know, Clark is learning more about, um, you know, Jarrell and Krypton, you know, and, and you're going to learn more, about you know the the family secrets that you've repressed as we you know get into you know get into the season. So I, I think you know I you know what I, you know what I think is really funny. It just occurred to me. Clowns on accurate. this podcast. Al is kind of like Jarrell calling in from the ether. <laughs> yeah, he's calling in. He's like, "Listen to me. I am the man. This I know what I'm talking about. Me. I am out golf creator. I am all knowing. You guys don't remember what you did, but I remember I twenty years later. At this point in the show. And it's funny because as you guys are doing the podcast, I'm listening, I'm remembering things as well. And, you know, one of the things that we set up in this season very early on is Jonathan's deal with Jarrell to get Clark back. And and the ramifications of that were his health issues. Because we, again, 
in our heads at this point, we thought if this show will go five seasons. That's what we thought. You know, so we wanted we were kind of loading the bases, knowing that on the hundredth episode, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but I'm assuming if you're listening to this rewatch podcast you have, is you know, Jonathan Kent yeah. was gonna die in the hundredth episode. That was always kind of in the cards for us. So it was it was also kind of laying some of the groundwork for the for the bigger moves to come because we literally thought endgame was was going to be season five <laughs> does schneider not ask like when he's making the deal and schneider doesn't know what the deal is or does he no, at that it, point? it doesn't it doesn't work like that bryce sorry al but it, it you everybody signs a seven-year contract and at a certain point if the show's successful you can go in and ask six years for a renegotiation i might i think mine was seven mine was six and i signed on for one it, more it went, what yeah but, what happens is yeah john doesn't yes, know Tom, you're he right. wasn't happy about it, dying. You, you right. sign on for you. You sign a six-year contract. Usually in season three is when, uh, at least in old-time television, that's when the actors on the successful show would go back and renegotiate for more money, um, as they should, knowing the value of the, of a hit show. But the quid pro quo with that was that you would then give you would then give um, another year. Give another year, so you'd have seven seasons. Right, and and that's and that was kind of. You know, and then as a as a show gets, you know, longer running, you know, and Tom, and Tom, you you know, we we left after season seven, but then Tom, you you extended further, and you know, yeah. that, and that's just again how it used to work. But in right. but in our heads, you know, we were always told if you get the season three, you'll get to season five, right? Um, and so we thought, okay, let's you know, we were like, that's the five year kind of plan, you know, at least in our heads. So we should start to to look at that, and I think. You know, when we when we got to season five, and I'm I'm digressing here, so you can cut any of this you want. All but of it. um but uh you know, season four, I remember Entertainment Weekly did this thing where they said, Oh, is, is Smallville on the bubble, which was completely untrue. And I had it out with one of the editors there, who's now a, a good friend of mine. And so season five we're like, we're throwing everything in it because this could be the last season. And if you guys recall um season five was the season we were up against alias the oc 24 24 like we were up against everything and we moved to thursday nights and because at the time this is the other thing too in television thursday was a very important advertising night for the networks because the movie studios always advertised all of their weekend movies on in the thursday night shows Mm. and because they didn't know how much time they were going to buy, you were always buying that at a premium. So I remember David Janilari, who was running the network at the time, said, I want to move you to Thursday. We need you to be our beachhead. And my response to him was, well, I hope that beach is in Normandy. So um, yeah. we, <laughs> wow. and, then, and then we ended up, it was, it, it was a big resurgence, I think, both creatively and ratings-wise for the show, which then I think propelled it into its next couple five seasons, years. Five years, yeah. 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 Well, this wow. has been enormous. This is why I love calling Al and bothering him but it's fun it's fun it is fun it is fun you're so knowledgeable and it's good to just shoot the shit with you all right we're gonna move on we love you and we'll just call you and when you answer you answer right right now excellent thanks man. all right love you buddy what companies would you want to work for just capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good companies like bank of america which just earned the prestigious just capital 2024 seal Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. 
Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. The episode ends with Jonathan and Clark in the caves as Clark has another flashback of Jarrell with Hiram, who looks like Indiana Jones. I said that. Hiram leaves and tells Jarrell if there's anything he needs to holler. I said all that. Clark then realizes that the Kents didn't find it by accident. They are the chosen ones. So uh, other things. Fun or uh, let's see. We don't need to talk about that. We've also had a lack of Sam Jones this season. Six episodes in and no damn who's that. And, uh, you know, so that that's not good. Was this his last season? I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. I don't know. Um, we don't need to talk about that. Interesting things to note, though. We'll talk about. The song Earth Angel note. by the Penguins is played while Jarrell, Tom Welling, and Louise McCallum, Kristen Kruker in the barn. The song was Great previously song. played in Superman 3, 1983, during the Smallville oh. High School reunion dance attended by Clark, Christopher Reeve, and Lana Lang, and Ed O'Toole. Really cool stuff you found out. How'd you just look oh. in line? Yeah. The episode was billed by the WB on air and at their website as Smallville 1961. Tom Welling, Kristen Krupp, Michael Rosenbaum, and Ed O'Toole, and John Schneider are the only lead actors to appear in the first 50 episodes of the series. And now it's time for the hotline. We're ready for the hotline. Talk uh, Let's do this, man. Let's do this. Let's start out with our- makes sense. It's two on three, Jet Cute. Uh, keep your questions short if you can. Here's patron privilege. These are patron. Go to patreon.com slash talkville. Become a patron. Support the podcast. Here's Karen M. Karen, we love you. What do you got for us? Hey, guys. Karen Apple M from Australia with this question for season three rally. Tom, what was it like to go back in time? The hair, the clothes, the cars, and playing a very confident Jarrell. Thanks. Bye. Nice Daily Planet shirt, too, by the way. What, how'd you, how'd by the way, thank you for it- your enthusiasm. Thank you for your enthusiasm in that question. Um, I remember, I remember learning a very good thing here, and and this episode of that, it was extremely distracting to be on a set that was completely different than what we were doing in clothes and hair. It took all everything took more time, everything else. And I remember learning something of like, okay, none of that matters. Play the scene. I remember that. Yeah, I like that. Michael, don't be distracted. Michael Bajoni from Texas. The episode relic really shows Jarrell on a side that we hadn't heard or seen about before given all that we know about the character does this help to improve your opinion on Jarrell and does it paint him in a better light huh tom how do you feel about Jarrell at this point i don't know it's it's hard to judge parents you know i mean well Jarrell, what we know and like how evil jonathan thinks he is and maybe he's going to come here and destroy the world and that's what they want but seeing him in this light makes you feel like oh this guy is a good person yes with with what you just said, I, I yes, he's got a heart. It shows heart where before it just seemed like a, a Terminator. Yeah, he's got a heart on his shoulder. Uh, Carter. This is Carter. Oh, Carter. What's up, Team Talk Bill? Yeah, this Carter. is Carter K. from Farmington, Missouri. In this episode, we get potentially the most in-depth characterization of Jor-El in any live-action adaptation at this time it aired. In fact, Tom, you might be the first live-action Jor-El since Marlon Brando at this time. With all that said... 
Tom, how did you approach bringing Jor-El to life and balancing making him similar and or different than Clark? Also, what do you guys think about this episode in terms of how it redirects the viewer's idea of who Smallville's Jor-El was going to be? The, the quick answer is, I, I think Clark had a lot of hesitation with believing what his choices were. And with Jarrell, the main thing I did is I took that away. Um, where he, he was, I, the, he was more, I don't know, confident in what he wanted. Also, and you look like a it. damn hunk in those flashback scenes. You guys looked so Thanks. good. I was like, oh my God. It just and I, love I remember the Kristen hair. didn't I like her the wig wardrobe. Very much. How about the wardrobe and the makeup and the and the the sets, the design, the lighting? It was just extraordinary. How about when they changed that whole street? I think it was Cloverdale. Oh, they they put all those cars and the whole thing. That was like how about the legit. sheriff car out out there, a la Back to the Future, when mm -hmm. it's in the grass and it drives away. I always think, where do they, where do people have these old cars? Like, they just find them. Pretty pretty awesome stuff. This is Ryan. Not Ryan Teo's calling in. Wouldn't that be funny? Hello, gentlemen. This is Ryan from the beautiful Black Hills of South Dakota. And uh, just a quick question here. When you guys were filming this episode, did you feel that either it was good as far as being a little nostalgic or did you feel it was a little too cheesy? There were parts of it that just kind of came across as, as a little bit of cheese. Um, but yet the backstory with Jor-El visiting and being sent there on a trial of his own, I thought was really interesting. Thanks, Ryan. Good question. I think we sort of answered that. In terms of the episode, like Tom was saying, that he just had to play it. Like, how would we play the scene? How would we do this? I'm this. You know, yeah. it was definitely, you know, there was a sort of a, to me, watching them, there was a calmness in Jarrell, which made it more powerful. He wasn't, you know, he was just, he had more of a presence. Like when, Clark, I, I saw the difference in Clark being the teenager trying to figure it out. And the, so that was yeah. really, really good acting on your behalf. It's, it's, well, thank you. I think like when the deputy shows up and tries to flex on Joe, on Joe, Joe's kind of like, okay, I'll, I'll go <laughs> yeah. with you. You know, like I'll, okay. I, this is the, he's, I'll flow with this. You're not going to win. You know, it, well, Earthling. even in the next episode, we're going to see an, a, a, a situation and we'll talk about it in the next episode, but it, it connects to this where a gun's pointed at Clark and Clark's reaction is, okay, I, I see this is your choice, but. I'm not scared. I'll, I'll play along. You yeah. don't want to do this? Yeah. Joe, this yeah. is a good question. Watch this one. Hi, I'm Joe from uh, St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, I have a question. Is there a reason why Tom plays Jor-El and Kristen plays her great aunt, but Michael is not playing his grandpa, Lock and Luther? Oh, yeah. I've always wondered that. So, uh, yeah, that's my question. That great question, Joe. Good that was question. a question. You got a prize. It's, you're awesome. Um... You know, that would have been so distracting. Well, they would have had to put a wig on me. They would have had to put a wig on me. And if you had to work two extra I bet they thought about it. I bet they thought about it. But they're like, you know, it's going to look too hokey and it's going to take us out of it. But maybe it would have been cool. Good question, though. Emily, what do you got for us? Emily and Ivory. This That's is a Emily good from Vancouver, British Columbia. I've noticed as the season's gone on, there's been a lot of blue and red props. Like in Relic, there was blue and red turf in the back. And then know. when Clark trans transitions into the 50s throwback, there's a blue car and so on. Did Do you guys notice blue and red a lot? Because I know I do. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. I'm colorblind, so I don't really notice colors like everybody else does. I see colors, but I can't differentiate I, a lot. Um, 
here's my quick answer. The set deck people and the wardrobe people are completely and fully and utterly aware of that. And in sync. And it's on and it's never an accident and it's in sync and it's beautiful the way they do it. Um as actors, um you kind of notice, you know, but but the set deck and the wardrobe, they're absolutely aware of all that. It's yeah. got to make it's their no, job nothing's easier, an accident right? in that. Well, it's like, it, oh, yeah. when there's something to choose from, just choose the red one. Well, it's called a, like yeah. they call it a palette, right? <laughs> so these are the colors. This is what it's going to look like. So this, the um, set design tries to say, oh, you know, they look and they go, okay, let's put some reds and some blues here. To, they they think about that. The lighting, that might make Warmer, it a little cooler. at times. It might make it a little more red at times. And uh balancing that out with what the actors are wearing the mm -hmm. colors are wearing lex has purple yeah you can know really add clark to is red and blue uh here's dave great question these these questions are top notch today top notch this is a dave. good episode this is a good podcast episode if you're shopping while working eating or even listening to this podcast then you know and love the thrill of the hunt but are you getting the thrill of the best deals rakuten shoppers do they get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back and you can get it too start getting cash back at your favorite stores like macy's adidas walmart nike wine.com samsung lenovo sephora and more and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hi, this is Dave from Dallas. Love the show. Dave. How do y'all get that many cars, old cars, for one episode? Anytime I see a show where there's a flashback, that's always that's always been kind of curious. Um, thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Dave. You know, they have these places. They go out, the transpo department, and the guys that deal with um, set design. Well, I don't know set design, but they, they make contacts with people that they've known over the years that they've worked on different projects, and they build this, like, yeah. I guess this this um sheet they, of of all these numbers and information oh this guy has a bunch of old cars from the 60s this guy has this they they know it's like yeah. when an actor prepares or a director prepares for a shoot this is exactly what everybody else is doing in props and it's all set like design. party vendors it's not like by the studio yeah it's all random right it's like random like there's a there's owners. a go-to guy for humvees there's a go-to guy yeah. for yeah, like there's go-to guys. For you just this gotta stuff. find them, and that's their job. They know it. You know, if you're looking for an old car, there's guys that this is the this is what they do. Darrell, not Jarrell, Darrell or Daryl. It's Daryl. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, Tom, Michael, and Ryan. This is Daryl. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. Darryl. And there was a scene where Clark and Lana's uh, ancestors are kissing in the barn, uh, and the song Earth Angel is playing in the background. And uh, that song was a little nod to Superman 3, yep. where Clark and Lana are sharing a slow dance together with Earth, Earth Angel playing in the background. just wanted to know if you guys caught that or if that was intentional, uh, whether it was or not. Still thought it was really cool. Anyways, thanks, you guys. Love the uh, podcast and love the show. Keep it up. Daryl, you rock. We, we just talked about that, but um, I didn't know that. That was news to me. I thought that was really cool and a fun parallel. I wonder who does that, sort of. Do they have a guy in the writing room, writer's room, that says, hey, you're you're in charge of finding all these things and and, and for us to make parallels or throwbacks to Superman or it, this. So this would be cool. The writers while they're doing it. You know, like to my knowledge, and I... For my knowledge, and I just listened to you talk about this with James Gunn on your on your podcast about choosing Inside music. Of you. To my knowledge, there's a music supervisor um, who the episode is made and he watches it and they pull from different levels of cost for certain songs and they try to sort of like be creative about what things cost and, and, and what will work for the scene. But there's a dedicated person that does that and who knows about licensing and fees and stuff like that. You know what? I wonder... If they hire someone who does the sound and the music and the music guy, I forgot his name, I should know it. There was a few people that worked on the music, but um, he was amazing. Um, I wonder if they do the research and they go, hey, I'm trying to get this song because it was also this. Because, you know, a lot of times people don't have time to do Probably. that stuff. But if that's your job, again, like the car guys. Yeah, they know. They the know. music guys, I think, are pretty adept in that stuff. Yeah. Uh, international folks who couldn't call in. Camille, when you guys ever prep to shoot period pieces, do you go back and watch old films to get an idea of how to carry yourself? Thanks. Love the show. Let me ask. Let me tell you this. There's an episode where we go back. We do another time thing. Noir. And I, noir. And I remember I, I thought my performance was terrible because I put on an accent. I kind of was like, yeah, that's right. I did this whole thing. With my well, Cagney, a little bit of gangster. Noir, and I was allowed to do it, but I asked if I can go back and dub my regular voice over it. And I think we did that because oh, I, was, I wasn't happy with it. But I think it turned out fine. But I was, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I never, I, I think I watched part of it and I was a little bit like, yeah, I thought it was kind James, of like the old James Cagney snuck in there. Yeah, come on, say And let me tell you yeah. something I'm going to go nuts on you, Lana. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Rosenbaum rating system. Now, this now, is the first time ever. Rosenbaum that rating. I started to like the episode the more I thought about it. Bryce, do you feel the same way? No. Or did you hate it? I'm the flip way. I watched this a couple weeks ago to prep, and then I watched it last night knowing that I'm coming here. You didn't like it. And I liked it less the second time. You liked it less. Wow. Yeah. I liked it more. I so, what do you give it, Bryce? Half a bomb. Half a bomb. Wow, dude. Whoa! I was gonna go here, Mark. but I was like, I really don't like this episode. It's just... wait. Do you understand the rating system? Yeah, bombs are bad. Right? Bombs are bad. Yeah, it's not so, a, it's so not he's a saying he's saying it, it wasn't good, but it wasn't the worst thing ever. But it wasn't good. So yeah, I wouldn't recommend. I wouldn't be like go watch this episode. I give it. I give. I'd, I'd uh, say skip this episode. I'm gonna give it. A, I'm gonna give it a rose. I think. Really, half a rose to a I rose. Didn't like it. I liked it more. I think I was going to give it like a heater or half a rose. So I'm going to give it a rose because I, I like all the parallels and the backstory and now where everything comes from. And that's why I give it that. Yeah. I, I Listen, I would say I would say to somebody, you should watch this episode. I would never say watch it twice because the whole episode is about the reveal. Who killed who? 
the reveal about Jonathan and Jarrell having a connection before. Like, watching it the second time would be ridiculous. Yeah, if I rated it off of one watch, it wouldn't have been half a bomb for sure. So maybe I'd give it a heater. Sure. Because you can't you can't watch it twice. He's going to go to a heater. He's going to give it a heater. Rate it on the first time you watch okay, it. Okay, so he gives second. it a heater. I give it a rose. You give it, I'm guessing, two. I'm going to, it's two. I think this is a... a I think this is a cool episode that takes us out of the norm. It was a little distracting, but I think it paid off with a big reveal. I, yeah. I think this is a, a pivotal episode in the series. I don't disagree, really? I don't disagree with Tom. Death, wow. and, uh, death and save count. Uh, I bet Ryan will give this about a heat or two. We'll see. He won't watch it. Death and save count. One dead. Louise Lang. Two save. Clark saves Tate from offing himself. Jarrell saves Louise from robber. Through six episodes in season three, eight dead, 13 saved, series 67 dead, 83 saved. And now it's time for Bryce. Bryce's favorite scene. Well, this is going to be so this the is gonna floating be in the field. Uh, Earth, or no. Yeah, floating in the field one yep. where they're flying. Yep. When Clark sees the mayor's signature and it's a T, I right. like that. And then the third one is Clark doing the Keanu in the office. Dodging bullets. Tom, you go first. Three. I say, you know, he talked about how much he really thought that was cool earlier about the T and the J. So it's either that or the floating. But why would you give just seeing a letter as your favorite scene? That's what I'm 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 kind of battling. We don't know. Here. He's he's a he's a I'm mystery gonna give it that one. The T and the J. No, it was the first one. It was the first one. Yeah. Fuck. It's I just a it cool was, scene. I knew it wasn't the third one. At least we were both wrong. All right. Well, that was a lot to talk about. Thank you, Al. Uh, thanks, Bryce, for being here. You'll be with us for the next one as well. Yep. I like and that one more. Yes. Oh, good. Well, this good could be know. an ex this could be an extended podcast episode. Well, okay. it's definitely over an hour, which is uh, plus ads. I mean, you're gonna you know be about one oh five, one ten, maybe more. Uh, that's it for the episode. Stick around next week as we get together and talk about season three, episode seven. It's called Magnetic. Let's take the discussion online. Let us know your thoughts on the episode over on our socials at Talkville Podcast or at Talkville Pod. Please show support. If you're really loving this and you really enjoyed this episode, uh, if you want to give back, patreon.com slash Talkville. It really helps. If you want to buy great merch, talkvillepodcast.com. Tom and I signed some stuff. We've got awesome shirts and sweatshirts and posters and just everything. Also, the Inside of You online store has a bunch of cool merch. And uh, I will give a shout out to my podcast, Inside You with Michael Rosenbaum. We have great guests, uh, Nestor Carbonell from Lost and um, uh, uh, The Psycho Show. Bates Motel, Bates Motel. he's awesome. Uh, last week, we had Carrie Ann Moss from The Matrix. Please support it. Uh, we talk a lot about mental health, and it's a, it's a cool podcast. If you haven't listened to it, and I know a lot of you haven't, I, I'd really appreciate it if you listen, subscribe, and write a review. And by the way, recently, I, I, I talked about this before, uh, James Gunn does a really good discussion about his own mental health on your podcast. I really appreciated it. Thanks, man. Uh, if you want more info, like the merch from the show, hotline number, all that stuff, conventions, go to you can go to my Instagram or wherever. My Instagram has a link tree, and it gives you everything you could possibly want to know, including Cameo. All right, that's it. Bryce, why don't you say the Remember Folks line? Because you know what? This is your first time here for this. Remember, folks, always hold on to Smallville. Guy knows how to learn lines. We'll see you next week.
Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. <laughs> I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. And now a shout out to our patrons without whom we would not be doing this. So thank you. Well, patreon.com slash talkville. We love you. Now, Tom, you can go. <laughs> Nikki G, Leah and P, Raj C, Santiago M, Leah and Kristen, Little Lisa, Thomas the Leaf Blower, Sophie M, Betsy D, Abhi P, Raj, Ray H. I always mess that up. Karen Apple M, Danielle B, 99 more, Leilani N. Brett G, always hold on to Smallville, DJ Kento, Garrett W, Kimberly L, Tom N, Jason W, Osama A, Lana Roms with Banana, Nancy D, Brian G, Sarah W, Amanda R, Teddy 1, 2, 7, Michael P, Theo M, and Ryan R. Well, we got Jordan M, we got Hillary B, and Randy B, Craig G, Christy R, Karen P, Derek G, Jarrell, Heather, and Greg, Nico P, and I made small... Talkville say butts, Eric K, Clark's mom, Kristen B, Craig C, Nanine W, Stephanie K, Darth Achilles, Finky, Tamara H. Damn, who's that? Jeanette E, Deadvid, General Zod, Big D, Doug R, Carlos C, Tommy Z, Boston 68, Ken, the Limerick Guy, Isabel, Corey L, Mr. Home Arcade. Mr. Home Arcade and Amanda K, Jesse C, Claire M, D Brown, Carrier, what? Karen Era. Karen Era M. I just turned my screen down. Karen like Era. Karen Era M. Eldon Supremo. Damn. Leslie V. Mick Burt. Ginger Moose. Christoph. Christoph. Christoph S. Michelle M. Drew. Brittany S. Marisol P. What up? Uh, Veronica Q. Sebastian F. Sourpuss C. Matthew and Lincoln B. David G. Carol B. This will be the DJ version. 99.5 WKDQ. Coming up, the Coopers. Marianne, Louise L, CGO, Cindy C, Nikki L, Shannon, Fofan, and M. Brian S, Tina E, Matt R, Anthony R, Jen T, Jess D, Cassie B, Felicia R, Danny M, DS underscore the underscore RN. JS on your favorite radio station, 96 WSTO. We love you guys. Thanks for all the support and love. Couldn't do it without you. 